0: MPI Paranormal Radio. The truth is to be found. An internet radio show dedicated to the open discussion of different paranormal topics by the Military Paranormal Investigations. Our aspiration is to research and discover the possibilities of scientific reasons to a field of study which many do not believe to be supported by facts. Military of Paranormal Investigations is not affiliated to any branch of the military. We are a science-based paranormal research organization of active duty and retired military members, dependents, and or friends located at Wichita Falls, Texas. Recorded or live, broadcasting with Shoutcast on multiple websites to get the maximum reach. Now, here are your hosts, members of the MPI team.
1: Welcome to Military Paranormal Investigations Radio. My name's Jeff. I'm Rob. And I'm Mike. I just
2: want to welcome you to tonight's show, and want to start out by first saying that we are not affiliated to any branch of the military. You can find us
0: on our website at militaryparanormal.com.
2: You can also find us on our forums there. Don't forget we have our forums back up. You can come on. If you sign up, just remember that you have to post a couple times and let us approve it before you can post regularly. That's just to kind of keep down the spammers out there for us.
1: You can also find us on Facebook, Military Paranormal Investigations.
2: Don't forget about our
1: Twitter account at MPI underscore paranormal.
2: You can find us at podbean backslash military paranormal. Uh, Mike, don't we have
1: some uh, new listeners?
2: We do there. I think we got, since our last episode, we got 10 new followers. Started with Weston J., Billy the Kid 37, Michelle Grubbs C., Philo 142, or Phil 142. Yeah, Phil 142,
0: and then Phil Philo 87, 87,
2: Scott Davidson, and C-Gage 99. Hey, Tina Hall, 1973. Tina Hill, I think. So. Oh, is it Tina Hill? I yeah, can, that matches. I can't read your thing. handwriting, yeah. sorry. <laughs> then T-Tap 69 and M-E-K 7730. Well, it seems like we're picking up our uh, followers out there now.
0: Sorry if we missed up a couple of them. <laughs> Mike has some terrible chicken scratches that I really wasn't reading it properly. My fault.
1: You can find us on iTunes. Oh, yeah,
0: don't forget about iTunes. Yep,
2: You could just do a search there for Military Paranormal, and uh, you should be able to find us if not... Go ahead and type in investigations there, and it will come on up there for you.
0: If you just do a search out there on Google and type in Military Paranormal Investigations Radio, you should be able to find our podcast on
1: just about four different pod sites now. Well, tonight's show, uh, guys, I think is going to be a pretty decent show. We're going to talk about two paranormal topics. We're also going to have an interview with one of our new members, so I look forward to hearing that. Yeah, when
0: uh, we did that interview with Miss Dory, it was wow, because just listening to it, I guarantee you when we play it for you guys, I guarantee you I'm going to get goosebumps again on that, because the hair on my arms, just thinking about it just now, the hair on my arms is standing up, because uh, her interview was awesome, talking about everything, but
2: we'll wait until we get into that one.
1: Mike, you have the uh, first paranormal topic. What's your topic for I, tonight? I
2: do, you know, and whenever, we'd, whenever we came up with an idea, we were going to talk about a haunted location. I tried to find something that hasn't been investigated on every ghost hunting show out there that's not in all the the memes on the internet and that sort of stuff. So what I came up with is something that I think we kind of all really like, and I know that when we first started up our group, we Mm -hmm. really tried hard to try to get there, but... I. I think that the uh, powers that be at this time just aren't allowing anything. Correct. And y'all know what my topic is, but the Skinwalker Ranch.
0: Yeah, when we first started, that was was a very big topic for us. We were so stoked. Like you said, very few people had actually investigated that place. I think there's only been like three or four. If that. If that, that has done it. And we went so far as to finding the terrain around the area because we knew we couldn't go on the Skinner Walker Ranch itself because of everything that was going on and who owned it at the time. But we were looking at all the mountainsides and everything. It's like, well, we can get right here, and we would be able to put our cameras down and angle it right on their property and try and find the stuff.
2: They actually have viewing points around Mm -hmm. there now. Most of them are on public uh, highways and things like that. And when I thought about this topic, you know, you and I had the discussion. We probably need to dedicate a show more towards the really intense stuff, but I just kind of wanted to get the... Yeah, let's just do a little
0: bit of the hot topics that are going on like there, and then actually do an entire show on this gig one No, branch. I agree. And, you know, I we,
2: agree. We talked about being a haunted location and things like that. I kind of, I was afraid that it would might lean more towards <laughs> my <laughs> typical UFO stuff, Your but UFOs? there are, well, there, there are some, it's got a lot of haunting type stuff. There's a lot of cryptids that are reported there. There's a lot of the alien stuff, which I think is what most people lean towards on it, but, you know, crop circles and cattle mutilation and, and all of these sorts of things. There's a lot of supernatural type stuff. That's and see there. that's
0: what i would think because when you hear skinwalker ranch if you don't know actually what a skinwalker is most native americans will know what a skinwalker is
2: Come well yeah you know it's a it's a shape shifter back from uh the ute indians that's kind of in the, let me start by saying this okay it's in utah i think it's like 400 miles of 180 miles from salt lake city but it's it's in kind of south i believe southeast utah and it's in the middle of Native American Ute lands. Right. It's actually a 480-acre piece of property, but it also butts up next to another piece of property. I believe it's the Garcia, if I remember the Garcia that property. That it butts up next to, but it's also right next to Bottle Hollow. Hollow Canyon, which, I mean, I could go into the whole history of things, but basically... Bottle Hollow Canyon got its name because all the uh, soldiers back in the day that was out there to enforce the Indian stuff, they would get drunk in town and they would throw all their liquor bottles into the hollow. But now that's filled up and it's actually a reservoir that's out there full of you know drinking water and, and I think it's actually a resort and things like that that's, that's in that area. But um, Rob, you know you were talking about we wanted to go out there and and do this. There's actually, and I'll give, at the end, I'll give kind of a couple of credits to some people, but there's actually areas that this one website says that you can drive through and you can see this, and people have actually experienced activity at these locations, but typically one of the things they see are these blue glowing balls, orbs that float over the property.
0: I know you guys are looking at me kind of weird because I was doing, while you're talking, I'm over here researching everything, and did you know that in 2013 they did Skinwalker Ranch, the movie?
1: Yes. yes, I actually you watched actually, it. you actually you
2: put that on our on our
1: yeah we actually know, yeah on we drive had, one time I actually watched it. It's hard to
2: find right now. I think you can get it on YouTube in a couple. Amazon, of spots. You can Amazon, get it on Amazon. Video. It's actually pretty interesting. SkinwalkerRanch dot org. There's a gentleman out there that's really really into Skinwalker Ranch, and he's put together a pretty good website. Now, I'm not going to say that everything's fact checked on there. I just don't know that, but right, there, he does have a lot of videos and things like that. But Skinwalker Ranch, the movie. We'll kind of give you a brief rundown as to what the gist of the story is. I thought it was a pretty good movie. I mean, it's a low budget. It's not, yeah. you know, but it was pretty good. I mean, it was better than Paranormal Activity, I thought. But
0: <laughs> Really? I thought Paranormal Activity was an awesome comedy. I enjoyed the heck out of that <laughs> one.
2: <laughs> but basically, I'll kind of give you just kind of the rundown of it. But I believe the first... Paranormal activity was documented in 1937, but it's a Indian reservation. Then mm-hmm. the government came in and took back some of the lands, and then they made those public lands, and then somebody ended up buying it. And it belonged to this one. I can't remember. I'm not going to say their name. I don't, I don't know it, but this older man and woman, and they had it. And then you know, he died. Seven years later, she died. Then eight years later, the Gormans bought this, which is the name that you see on the Internet. But I believe the name is actually Terry Sherman. He goes by Gorman on a lot of the – like an AKA on most of the things, but his actual real name is Terry Sherman. But he got it, and from the first day there when they bought the property, they were going to, it's 480 acres, they were going to start a cattle ranch. From his first day there, when they showed up on the property, the first thing he noticed was that, you know, all the sheds and barns and things had massive dead bolts and locks and things like that, which he thought, well, you know, we're out here in the middle of nowhere, and, you know, that's to keep the animals in, the animals out, that sort of stuff. Then there were these... Massive chains in the front yard, like dog chains, and he thought, well, maybe they swear where they put their pets and they moved them around and from get to get them out of the sun and that sort of stuff. So they they thought that's what it was. Then they went inside, and they found massive deadbolts and locks, multiple locks on doors. Even the closets had deadbolts on the insides of the closets, and they thought it was pretty odd. But unbeknownst to them, at this point in time, the local Native Americans there actually made a bet that they wouldn't be there a year and a half and. They ended up lasting two years before they finally sold it. But some of the things that happened there is one of the stories that I remember reading is his dogs were kind of going crazy one day, and he turned them loose, and they ran out on the property, and they were basically, he found them the next day, like dematerialized, like turned to like goo. One of the first things that happened within the first few nights of them moving in there, they noticed this big wolf creature, and this is one of the things that I think, well, it's either cryptid or, or supernatural. Right. But he had, and this is where the shapeshifter stuff comes in, but he noticed this wolf that was massive. The wolf just kind of walked around, kind of just watching them and all. Then finally it got after one of their cattle, yeah. and it actually said to have grabbed a calf by the snout and pulled it through a pin. And, wow. um So he pulled a three fifty seven out, shot this thing multiple, multiple times and nothing phased it. And I know I've read other stories on this. This isn't in some of the stuff that you read, but apparently he shot one of these big chunks off, and it was oh, actually yeah. sent off to be DNA tested and things like that, which never could be matched to anything.
0: Isn't that the one that sort of kind of like started rotting as right. soon as it went off? And the,
2: and the animal was said to have healed immediately right. after this piece was I, taken off. I do off remember reading it. something about that. But these wolves are like, and there's actually, if you go to that SkinwalkerRanch.org site, there's some photos of some of the wolves, and I will tell you, uh, I mean, I, I've been an outdoorsman most of my life, and there's some of those photos that look like bear. But some of them look like a, a dog or a wolf or something like that. You, I can't, from the information that I have on some of these photos, I can't tell you that it's an abnormal-sized animal. I don't have anything for perspective. Right. It's in the middle of a field. There are some videos of some orbs and things like that that are on there that are pretty good.
0: Now, are they claiming the orbs are UFO or, like, paranormal orbs?
2: Both. Okay. Uh, there's also other craft that have been spotted there that they think may be ufo i think most people probably do believe it's more along the supernatural side but it, as far as like the native americans are concerned and things like that but if you know you know the back history of some of the native american tribes i mean they're real big on the star people and they're real big on the supernatural I you know i don't know what most of their personal beliefs are on it but I do believe that something is happening there. Again, I, that's why we want
1: to go. Because, well, yeah. well, isn't there an awful lot of security and government, well, former
2: government? Yeah, the U.S. government has stated to have had an interest in it, and they've gone out and they've secured it and tried to investigate some of the stuff in the area. Well, I know
0: it was with the U.S. Army General, or not the General, but the Colonel uh, Alexander, Colonel Alexander, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Because he's, he's been trying to get the Army.
1: Yeah, John B. Alexander. Yeah, John
0: B. Alexander. He's the one that's been trying to get... The army to get in more involved with paranormal research.
2: He had stuff to do with the remote viewing. Stuff, yes, he does.
0: He? Yes, because the whole the remote viewing that movie. The well, see,
2: and everywhere I look on this, it talks about remote viewing. Ed what where people are trying to remote view at Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah, because
0: he's the one that started it. And what, what was that movie with George Clooney where they did the mountain with the goat man or something like that? Oh,
2: yeah. Uh, oh. Ingl- no, that's not it. I
0: can't remember. I can't but, remember but the name either. But it was based from him as well. So I know he's been around quite a while with all the army and paranormal and trying no. to study stuff like that. So no. I know when the U.S. government was there, he was one of the individuals that was actually on the place trying to figure out.
2: But, yeah the government's been involved a lot of other secret agencies, but I think the one that where it's at now is after two years, the Gormans or the Shermans decided that they couldn't take it anymore. It was actually after his dogs were dematerialized, he said that's the last straw. he can't no longer protect his they they were like turned to like goo they, he found three <laughs> melted dogs.
0: hmm that's interesting,
2: and he decided that he can't put his kids at risk anymore, can't do this anymore. So they they were going to sell it. But what he decided is, is, I can't sell this to the general public. I, yeah. I can't do that. So anyway, some stories were run in the paper and some things like this. And somehow they got in contact with Robert Bigelow, and he's of the National Institute for Discovery Sciences. And uh, basically this thing that I have here says, and this is from Wikipedia, to study anecdotal sightings of UFO, Bigfoot-like creatures, crop circles, glowing orbs, and poltergeist activity reported by its former owners. Now, what they've done is they've gone out, they've set up a lot of security. It's also next to like federally managed land and things like that, in the Indian land.
0: Right, I know about um, the Indian land.
2: So there's lots and lots of security, and you can't get anywhere near the property without somebody knowing that you're there.
0: Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I do remember there was like a, a creek that we could get into. And if you got on, this, on the boat in the creek, you could actually go around the the front side of the property.
2: Well, yeah. I think that has to do with that hollow, hollow reservoir. reservoir. Oh, okay. That's okay. You can supposedly go out on this water and actually see off in the distance all of the glowing orbs of or the UFO activity and these sorts of things. There's also a road that cuts around on the back side of a mountain behind it.
0: Yeah, I remember when we were doing this, we got the whole topographical map and right. we were looking at everything, trying to find good vantage points.
2: And there's one that's like two miles northwest of it. Mm-hmm. And supposedly you can see down into the fields. You can't see the farmhouse, but you can see the field that goes to the front of the farmhouse. Okay. And from there, people have seen the glowing orbs. And if you watch the movie, that's one of the thing that happens a lot in the fields in front of the house. But he got it, and they've set up all the – they actually have like – they call it the cattle pen. And it's actually a viewing area where they go and can observe cattle mutilation – from a safe distance so they
0: actually observe this kind of mutilation not
2: the not the in progress oh okay
0: because yeah, um, I mean if they were able to view it then they might know exactly what it what is it was, yeah, what yeah.
1: caused
2: it yeah. and they observe the orbs and things like that but there's been a lot of skepticism over it as well too I know that James Randi if you know mm-hmm. if, you, if you're into paranormal you know who James yeah. Randi is he's a uh, big skeptic
0: always given that one million dollars I think he's rescinded that though now but before he was given the $1 million prize to anyone that could claim they have Paranormal. Right. I know he's rescinded it and brought it back, rescinded it, brought it back. So I think right now he's actually rescinded it again. But I know he's the one that put up the money in, I believe it was the early, no, late 90s, 95 or 96 if I'm not mistaken, to try and fund something about that being a research facility or even just a haunted location
2: yeah and that's what he gave him some sort of award some bogus pegasus award for pegasus he, pegasus, pegasus I'm, I'm, yeah pegasus something like something that. like that it's a joke thing anyway for what he termed a useless study of a haunted ranch in yeah. utah yeah yeah now my and my thing is is from what i know of it i think that he should be out there doing an investigation james randy yeah I mean, and here's my thoughts on that, because the Native Americans say Mm -hmm. that they see stuff. They've been seeing it for hundreds of years. I mean, there's multiple, multiple sightings of things and weird things happen and all that stuff. So if you get a true skeptic to go out there and say, I can't believe it. Or anyway, to me, it's a starting point. And I think that he might change his mind on some things from what I've read about the location. But I probably not. If if
0: everything that we read is true about the location.
2: Right. No, I agree. You know, we consider ourselves to be fairly skeptic, even though we have pretty, pretty stout personal feelings about a lot of things. True. When we actually take on investigation, we go with the skepticism in mind and we derive our conclusions from it that way. The thing that I see, and and I don't ever see anything published, I mean, I see these documents on these websites and this on this website, but there's nothing out there, otherwise it'd be in the news, too, you know, that that this is uh, actually what's occurred there. So that's my thing. I
0: Yeah, I think and I would like to do a a lot more research into this and come up with a full topic like we were talking about so we can go more in-depth because from you bringing this up, my mind is just hitting those synapses and saying, oh, I remember this, I remember this, and if we keep doing that, I guarantee we'll be able to make this show strictly into that, so... I want to do a little bit more research before we, we continue well, on.
2: And and I agree because there's I can give you examples, I can give you other things that's happened. Exa- but again, I only have one point of view on it. So Exactly.
0: Yeah. And and me I want to have an I want to go back and research it so I can have the banter cuz right now I'm just listening.
1: But but you know the thing for me is is it's got my mind thinking like Rob you were saying about investigations and different thoughts cuz I know one of the big things that we talked about as you said was the topographical mm-hmm. map. Also, we talked, I remember, in length about getting ATVs and how we would get out there. And the new thing that came to mind is now with the whole drone setup, could
0: you imagine having a
1: drone to fly over that property?
0: Oh, I would love to get a drone, especially the ones I sell at Best Buy. Yeah. With the 4K vision.
1: That would be incredible The only have.
0: bad thing is, I haven't met a drone that has the IRs on it to get night vision. Right. They haven't made one of those yet, but I'm sure somewhere they will have that eventually. Well, and if they ever get night vision out there on a drone.
2: Well, that's something we could do, too.
0: Do you, you want to try and build something like that? Heck yeah. All right. I want it. Because the
2: cameras are easily sourceable. The IRs are easily sourceable.
0: That is true. We can get our own 960... You can IR get lights. the drone
2: without the camera, then we put our own IR camera, and then we... All
0: right, that's our next project. I know everyone's like, ooh, they're listening now. Yeah, our, see, this is how we go. We're like kids in a candy store right now when we start talking about technology and what we want to do. So,
2: it, If we're going to talk about it in a future date, what I and this is what I, I had in mind, is uh, most people, if I say Skinwalker Ranch, have no idea correct. what Skinwalker Ranch is. But that one website that I mentioned, skinwalkerranch.org, dot org. I mean, it's a pretty good website for perusing through and looking at it. Skinwalker Ranch, the movie. Take a look there. Although whenever we do these shows, sometimes I print off Wikipedia stuff for the basic things right. and things. I don't. I'm not a big Wikipedia fan, but there's multiple things if you just do a Google search on Skinwalker Ranch. Mm-hmm. And then the thing, also, thing that I encourage you to do is look at the Native American side of the Skinwalker and things like yeah, that. Yeah, because
0: everything is superstitious mm-hmm. with. with when it comes to Native Americans. And I remember when we were doing the Skinwalker Ranch, I remember another Skinwalker story down in New Mexico with a law enforcement officer that was going down an abandoned highway. And he swears he was doing at least 60-65, and something ran up beside him, looked at him in his window, running side-by-side with his cruiser, and just looked at him and then took off running even faster.
2: There's a show on, uh, I think it's... Destination HD, or maybe the Travel Channel, but it's called uh, "Monsters in America." Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It's an old one, but you might—I don't know if it's on YouTube or any—not YouTube, uh, Netflix or any of those—but it has a big episode on the Skinwalker in, the, in New Mexico and, and their beliefs. Because
0: I always wanted to go down there and do that highway when I read that. Yeah, because see, like I said, when I'm talking about Skinwalker Ranch. I'm hitting everything, and it's like, oh, I remember this now. I remember that.
2: But I will—I will say this. This is my alien plug of the day. Oh, okay, here you go. There's a lot of intertwining between the supernatural and the alien versions of the you know, the skinwalker. It's not necessarily always paranormal or always supernatural. There's mm-hmm. a lot of aliens that are purported to be shapeshifters. So aliens are the shapeshifters that- I, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying Okay, okay. I'm just saying he, there is interest He just got me
0: on another twist. If he's saying that the aliens are the shapeshifters, then now we got the whole thing of the Indians, Native Americans saying shapeshifters. so and we have seen well, and that's what paintings on
3: earlier. the wall.
1: Right, yeah, exactly.
0: We have seen paintings yeah. on cave paintings where that you see something that looks like a, a UFO, like a saucer, yeah. And
2: that's what i was saying because you look at the the Native American beliefs in the star people,
0: got the star people.
2: And the supernatural are are heavy, and a lot of times they intertwine. That's yeah. why I'm go. That's why I took it there. There's
0: yeah. another show right yeah. there, the Native American beliefs, because we were doing the an star interview. Star children. The star children. Yeah, we were doing an interview this past weekend with one of our new members, and she's a uh, Japanese, and the Japanese believe in a bunch of superstitions. Right. Exactly. Like like we were talking about earlier, I, the hair on my arms just stood up, and yeah. I... I want to hold off on the Skinwalker Ranch. I really do, just so I can get back into it and have a big banter with you, because I know it's 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 going to be back and forth. <laughs> and, and Jeff, he was big on this one, too, so I know you want to get in on this one.
1: Yeah, and the, and the thing for me that frustrates me the most is I spent many years in Utah. Mm-hmm. I was stationed up at Hill Air oh. Force Base. If I'd have known about this, I would have tried to have gotten down and see what I could find out. So. And I went
0: TDY to Hill. Yeah, and I had no clue about this Yeah, I'm either. thinking
2: we need to save up for vacation and take the old RV out and hit the road. Hey, I'm I'm down with that. I'm good one. with that. Hey, the, uh,
0: I'm and, always good for a road trip because I'll hit all the other spots that we've been talking about too.
2: And and I, I want to, if we're gonna wind that up, I'm gonna say this. I I know I'm not gonna be staying for the next half of the show because I've got to go do some things. But I just wanted to thank our listeners real quick because our our last podcast has nearly 200 views in a week. You're
0: talking about the Moon Conspiracy The ones.
2: Moon Conspiracy. Yeah. So thanks for backing me up on that because um, Yeah, it was, it was a good show. We always have a little banter going back It was a really good it. show.
0: <laughs> All right, so while you're heading out, uh, I think we should play the uh, interview we did with Miss Dory. Okay. One of our new members. That way we can say so long to him and let our listeners keep on going. All right. So, Like we said, this is an interview that we did with one of our newest members. Her name is uh, Miss Dory, and we will just let her go ahead and tell her own story on what she
1: brings to the table for us, what experience she she had in the paranormal, and what got her interested.
0: So if you want, just go ahead and tell us what got you interested in the paranormal and what made you want to join MPI. Hi,
4: my name is Dory Nicholson. My background is my mother is from Japan, and my father was born and raised here in the United States. And he was a military personnel, so we moved around a lot, and back to Japan and the United States on military installations. But there was a story that my mother told me, and Japanese people are very superstitious. They do believe in afterlife, and there's a reason for your loved ones coming back to try and contact you. I don't remember this because I was about a year and a half years old, but my mother told me that I had pneumonia. I was very sick, and we were stationed in Yokota Air Force Base in Japan. Uh, apparently, I had a very high fever, and we lived in a uh, off-base housing in very Japanese-style tatami mats and everything, and I was on a futon, and my mom, you know, being, having high fever, she would put cold compresses on me and trying to get the fever down. And she worked tirelessly for over a day. She was tired, so she fell asleep. My father came into the room to see how I was doing, and he said that he saw a older woman, Japanese lady, sitting next to my mother and myself. He just kind of opened the sliding door and saw this lady and said, oh, okay, well, she's got a friend or someone helping out. So he closed the door and went away. The next morning, he came in and told my mom what he saw, and she goes, no, there was nobody here with me that night. And my father described this woman to her, and my mother said, oh, my God, that was my mother. But she had passed away.
0: And he never met her?
4: Never met her. Never saw a picture or anything of her. Back in those days, pictures were very rare. Right. But he described her to a T. And my mom said, yeah, that was my mother. (laughs) And my dad was kind of taken aback. And like I said, I was just a baby, so I I don't remember any of this. But my fever had broken the next day. My mom said that she had prayed that she would get some sort of help. Right. Apparently, she did that night. Wow. Wow. So that story was relayed to me
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> and you know my dad he didn't believe in this sort of thing growing up he was a protestant he didn't know what to think of that but he swore that he saw this elderly woman in japanese attire you know right. overseeing both my mom and myself wow. so i get goosebumps too hearing yeah. about it yeah, yeah i was just a baby
0: wow <laughs> That's a good. I like that one. I've always been fascinated with the island of Okinawa because I hear stories of mm-hmm. all the time of people going over there and how mm-hmm. there's apparently on the base a one house that a bunch of people died, and no one really goes into that house no more. They don't give it and they won't t- demolish it or anything.
4: They I, use it as a storage facility. Really, there's a USO headquarters, and they would put their, you know, extra baggage, boxes, whatever, use it as storage storage facility. And we heard the same story when we were stationed there. And this was in 97,
3: wow. 98. Wow.
4: People would kind of walk by late at night, you know, doing a walk around the neighborhood, and they'll see lights or noises coming from this house that they know no one is residing in. It's used as a storage. So you hear a lot of stories about that.
1: I,
3: but
4: I haven't experienced it myself, but I heard a lot of different stories.
1: And that's sad because I was stationed there in the middle 80s, and I never even heard that really? story. Oh, really? I never okay. heard that story.
4: But you heard about the suicide cliff.
1: Right. I did yeah. hear
4: about that.
0: Suicide? Yeah. I, I didn't. What's yeah. that one?
4: <laughs> well, there is a cliff at the end of uh, World War II. The Okinawans were told that the Japanese, I mean, uh, the American soldiers were going to invade and... They were barbaric, and they're going to kill you. So a lot of the civilians were scared to death of Americans because that's what they were told by the Japanese uh, army. So they took their children, their loved ones, mother and fathers, and they would jump off this cliff because they didn't want to be captured wow. by the Americans because they were told Americans right. were barbaric.
3: Right? Yeah.
4: But no, yeah, they were, not, they were not, told not... this because they were told to fight back right. with everything right. they had. So they had shovels, pitchforks, whatever. They didn't have guns, but they were told to defend Okinawa to the best of their ability. And they were lied to by the uh, Japanese army. But the opposite happened. When the Americans did land, they gave food, aid, whatever, to the remaining Okinawans. But we're talking thousands of people jumped off this cliff with their children, their fathers and mothers. It's really sad. So... There was a tour they sh- took you to the actual cliff and it's a long ways down you know you're not going to survive when you jump and they said that there are stories where people would look over the cliff and as they're looking down they feel like someone is pushing them from behind Really Yeah see, so
0: that's that's a place I'd like to have a thermal camera yeah. I would just just to see Yeah
3: but yeah,
4: Okinawa is riddled with a lot of um, stories like that because there's a lot of death,
0: mm-hmm.
4: and um, yeah, so it's very sad.
0: Where's Eamon Collins going?
1: Yakoda, Yakoda. Okay, that's on
4: Mainland Japan. Okay. And you have to understand, island of Okinawa in Japan, they're not really the same because Okinawa has been invaded by Japanese by the Koreans. By Chinese, so they've been invaded <laughs> with different countries over the years, centuries. Right. So the people of Okinawans want to consider themselves Okinawan, not Japanese. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. And unfortunately, during World War II, the Japanese used them,
0: gotcha. you know, for their benefit. So okay.
4: even to this day, they're they're not really in sync.
0: See, it's history like that that yeah. I love doing yeah. stories and finding the history out. Yeah. And
4: but when you hear stories like that World War Two or other, you know, wars, um, there's a lot of tragic stories and with tragedy like that, you hear stories of families and individual, you know, mm-hmm. experiences. Right. So.
0: I just find that interesting, but okay, I've always been fascinated with the Japanese culture and everything mm-hmm. and the, like you said, the superstitions, I'm more curious about the superstitions because I've seen movies. I really mm-hmm. haven't studied the history. It's yeah. just been the movies that they have the history on there and, when you do research about, um, I guess, the supernatural, mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff that comes out about the Japanese. And I don't know if that's more of a supernatural thing or more of a superstitious thing.
4: It's probably both. If you look at the Chinese culture and Koreans, all of Asia, really, um, they do believe in the afterlife or being reborn, reincarnation. Oh, so reincarnation yes, is a big yes, thing over there. Yeah, okay. It I is. thought it
0: was just. They guard the spirits guard over the family members. Right. So, well
4: that that too. So I mean, there's more I guess of the supernatural element in mm-hmm. the Asian culture than it is in the Western culture. Hmm. So,
0: So wonder why they don't have more paranormal investigation groups. They
4: may, they, they may, but I think maybe the government kind of suppresses them a little okay. bit. But Cause. I've never been part of or or heard anything over in mm-hmm. Japan, but as far as um, TV series and um, uh, other type of investigations, there's a plenty over there in yeah. Japan. Right. And right now, I think the biggest thing is they're investigating the uh, suicide forests in Japan. And they made a movie recently on that.
1: See, I don't know
0: anything about really? this thing. You've <laughs> never
1: heard of the suicide
0: forest? No. I, I, the oh. only forest I know about is Black Forest in uh. Germany. That's about the only one.
4: <laughs> no. But, yeah, there's, I mean, it's it's such an ancient, old culture, you know. So I can't speak for uh, what it's like in China, but I'm sure they have plenty of their own.
0: Well, I know the one in China is with the UFO thing with that forest in Russia um, where that UFO apparently dropped down and exploded in all the trees. It's just a rumor. It's
4: a theory. Right. It's a theory.
0: Or it could be a comet or something that happened down there, but they say that there's all sorts of... Once you go in, you're not coming back out. Yeah. So.
1: Sounds like maybe we may have a topic for a radio show to hey. talk about.
0: Yeah. I know Mike would be all over that one yeah. with the UFOs. Yeah.
1: So. <laughs> Do you feel yourself as a skeptic when it comes to the paranormal? I mean.
4: I'm open-minded. Yeah. I have to hear the whole story. You know, who am I to judge if you didn't truly experience it yourself? Right. But I'm willing to listen to the whole story. We're all judges. And we all want to take in what we experience ourselves or have heard about stories of, you know. But I'm not going to call anyone, oh, you're making this up, or, you know, who am I to judge? So, But, yeah, I'm very open to all experiences.
1: If you were on an investigation and you had an experience where maybe something was thrown at you or... Or you were shoved, or whatever, how do you think that you would be able to handle that situation?
4: Well, the last experience we were in um, Brook Burnett, I was kind of anticipating that. It's not like I was egging the spirits on and they pushed me down the stairs or anything, but. Yeah. No, you don't I, want that. <laughs>
0: you don't want that. I've, I've had that feeling. It's, it's not a good feeling. But
4: I wanted to experience something, you know, tangible, you know, get a feeling or a touch. But I did hear voices, you know, after listening to the recording afterwards. But when you're in the moment, you're in the room and you're waiting, you're hoping that something. Right. You feel yeah. something, whatever. Unfortunately, I can't say I've experienced anything like that yet. Yeah. But if I did, that only substantiates what I already yeah. know.
3: Right, exactly. That something
4: is out there and, and everyone's experience is different.
1: And I think for as as paranormal investigators, I think that's what we want. We want yeah. to be able to validate, yeah. you know, an experience that we might have. So,
4: but yeah, if 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 I, if I was scared about this, I wouldn't be doing this. Sure, you have to go in this being open and receptive. If it scares you too much, then don't do it. Exactly. Don't ask what you, <laughs> you know, wishing for it because it <laughs> might actually happen. Yeah. No, if I have more concrete evidence, that's great for me.
0: So you're actually looking to find some sort something. of proof. Yes. Something to back up yes. what you believe. Yeah. Okay.
4: See, feel, touch, something. Mm.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I was the same way when I when I first started. I mean, when we first started this group, it was, okay, I've had experiences, but I want to yeah. find some logical explanation right. on why. Because like you said, we're all skeptics because yeah. we're going in with the open mind, but
3: mm-hmm.
0: is it something paranormal or is it something that can be explained naturally? And most of the time, we do find things that are naturally. Right. I think the only unexplained experiences was I had a statue thrown across and hit me in the chest that one. Right been pushed down the stairs but once again I was by myself
4: it's hard to explain that away
0: exactly it really is.
4: happens to you you're like okay something someone is trying to tell me something exactly I don't know I don't think they're trying to hurt you per se I think they're just trying to get your attention
0: and see that's what I think too
1: well for the most part I believe but I do believe there are malevolent spirits out there that may have a good intention They
0: started off with a good intention, but the theory is if you keep ignoring them, that's when they start getting upset, and they become a malignant spirit. Mm. That's one of the theories As a
4: spirit, do they get frustrated? (laughs) You know, I mean, maybe they do. I don't know.
1: It's a good question. That is.
4: So just because they're not in body anymore, they're just a spirit, do they still have the same feelings we do? Do they get frustrated? Do they get angry? Uh, You know, I don't know. Right. But everyone, I think... Has a different sensitivity level, right? So what I experience, you may not experience, vice versa. Mm-hmm. So
1: yeah, yeah, and we found that in a lot of our investigations, Rob or another person may go in and not experience anything, mm-hmm. but I know that that you Misty and, and you and I, I don't know if it's a sensitivity or we just experience different things. And a lot of it for me is when I'm in an area with high EMF. I'm very sensitive to that and it makes me, I don't know if it's an awakening or whatever it is, but the uh, high levels of EMF for me seem to affect me.
0: Yeah, and the only correlation I can come up with that is that both you and Misty have some sort of blood sugar.
1: And it could be, yeah, so right. So I don't know
0: if, if yeah. your blood sugar goes down that the EMF is affecting you all differently than it would affect me because I, I don't ever have yeah, to I worry about that. So that's the only thing I can think with you two doing that. Yeah. What other stories, or what interested you in wanting to join MPI? Because you said you didn't really know about us at all.
4: No, I did not until Jeff joined our office, Mm -hmm. and he one day kind of opened up as to what his hobby was, and it's like, bing, Mm -hmm. I went, man, I've been interested in that for years, but I didn't know who to go to, Right. and maybe I didn't try hard on my part, but here he is, the same working office I am now. Mm -hmm. So I started uh, asking him all sorts of questions. The more questions I asked, the more answers I got, I was definitely more interested. Right. And I was privileged to come to a couple of uh, sightings and investigations that you had. Right. Yeah, I'm. I'm
0: in. Well, good. We're <laughs> definitely glad of having you there, getting your perspective, because, like you said, you had that Japanese background, so that brings in a whole another element into our group, which we've never had, mm-hmm. and I'm. I'm excited about seeing. Well,
4: thank you.
0: What you bring to the table for us, <laughs> just talking to you right now, there's stuff that you know that I was like, ah, oh, I'm just listening in <laughs> awe. Just. Okay, what else do you got? What else? What else? So I've always wanted to go to Japan and experience that culture and experience the paranormal Mm -hmm. is one of the big things, but the history, I love the history of everything. That's one of the big things for me.
4: Well, you know, Japan, it's an ancient culture as well as Europe. I mean, our country is so new. Yes. So young. So you hear a little bit about what's happened in the last 200 years, especially in the East Coast, Mm -hmm. where there's any turmoil, wars, what have you. But yeah, if you go outside of a country and go to Europe, especially, you hear all sorts of stories, you know, and it's endless,
0: Mm -hmm.
4: hundreds and hundreds. Yeah.
0: When my dad was stationed in Germany, we used to go to all the castles, see everything, tour everything, Mm -hmm. but I was so young, I really didn't know the history of anything. I was like, oh, okay, it's another castle. (laughs) Yeah, thanks, Dad. (laughs) I really wanted to walk this thing up and down these (laughs) stairs. Okay, whatever. But now that I'm older and I look back and I'm like, yeah, I can appreciate it so much more, like the Bolvarian castle that we went to. Or Austria, I went into mm-hmm. the salt mines and yeah. saw the Sound of Music mansion. Been yeah. back there, so all that stuff is just—I've done that. And people are like, really, you've been there? Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> I got to go see these things. But as a kid, it's like, yeah, okay, whatever, sure. And now it's like, I, I wish I could go back. Yeah. It's like when I was older and stationed in Turkey, the stuff I got to see in Turkey is just like, oh, wow. Where, where were you in Turkey? Uh, Insalik. My yes. husband was, was. Oh, okay. Great. Yeah, I was stationed there from 2000, 2003. Okay. And a lot of history there. Yes. Roman uh, ruins. Yes.
4: And, oh, my gosh. And they're uh, all over the place. Uh,
0: yeah. They Even going to Adana, you still go across the bridge that was mm-hmm. built by them. And mm-hmm. it's like, wow, it's still something in yeah, use. exactly. And yeah, I enjoyed and it. It's like if I could ever go back there, I would. I, yeah, I had a beach house on the Mediterranean for <laughs> 1200 a year, maid gardener, yeah, I was spoiled over there, yeah. They they made me leave. They're like, okay, three years is long enough. I was like, oh. So that's when I came back here, and it wasn't for a good five years before I met up with Jeff at the ITU. That's what it all started because I had my daughter, because met my wife, and we we were involved in a couple of paranormal incidents. Mm -hmm. And once again, I was a skeptic, and I was like, "Mm, yeah, okay, whatever. But the thing that really got me involved was after my son was born, we have the baby monitors mm-hmm. on there. We were watching him on the baby monitors because he was just learning to crawl. He was crawling up on his crib and everything. And he sit, sits up in his crib, and he's just sitting there, and you see him playing in the corner with something. He He's just giggling, and we're just watching, and he's just having a good old time in the back room, and he starts playing with the corner, and you could see a blanket being moved. And we're like, Alright, but maybe it's his foot Because his feet is under the blanket But it looks like it's being moved and he's like, mm-hmm. he's having a great old time And then you see him crawling to the side And he starts crawling up and everything And he gets to the top of the crib And he starts to pull himself over Well, I start shooting out like a I'm gone And my wife's like, stop And I'm like, what? She said like, stop He got to where his legs were like right at the top And he was over Something caught him and pushed him back in Wow Yeah, and we Someone's caught...
4: looking after him Exactly, yeah.
0: and all growing up, he would talk to this person named Bobby. Even my younger girls, they would see this Bobby character and mm-hmm. come to find out there was a bo- little boy named Bobby that was killed right next door to us. Okay. So we don't know if that was him, but that got me peaked. Mm-hmm. And we started, we'd always hear things in the attic. Okay. Yeah, we have artifacts and things like that. And me and my wife, we were watching TV one night and we have the lighting with the mm-hmm. dimmer switch on it. And it was bright. And it started flickering, and then it would go down. And we're like, okay. And I went over there and turned it back on, and we were watching TV, and it go down again. What the heck is this? So I look up, I go and mess with the knob and everything, and I'm like, okay. I click it, nothing. Okay, turn it back on, full, and we're watching, and it starts doing again. This time we look at the dimmer, and you can actually see the dimmer switch turning all the way off. We're like, all right, I guess you want us to go to bed. Good night. Yeah, that, and ever since then, I've been hooked trying to figure out what that stuff is. And we had the digital audio recorders that we called DARS, and I took that into a meeting with them. And they're like, "What do you use that for?" And I'm like, "Paranormal ghost proofing," you know, because it was brand new. That's just when I TAPS know. had started, mm-hmm. and not all, everyone was like, "Okay, you guys are some side of kooks or something like that." But yeah, after that, they're like, "Oh, we do that too." Really? Okay, so yeah, that's when we started with Joe and. Yep. the building that we were in they're like well we invested this building one time we had to do it sometime sure well we went out to the cemetery th- at first and this is february okay mm-hmm. in texas it gets cold granted this february was nice and warm but normally it's cold here yeah and so it was cold in the middle of the cemetery and we're like okay let, let's go somewhere where it's warm so that's when we went to our building and him and i had an experience with the shadow in there that just blew my mind and we For the longest time, we thought we had an EVP in there as well. At the same time, we had the shadow. But over time, becoming a better investigator and a more skeptical investigator and better equipment program, software, we both agreed that it might have been me that said what we thought was an EVP because we were brand new. That was like our first investigation. Yeah, it was. So we're always open to even our footage that we claim paranormal we always go back and look at that again and okay well this wasn't paranormal maybe okay and we always say when in doubt throw it out so that's a piece of footage that we throw out now so it's not even anything it it still was a good one though when it was but
1: yeah (laughs) it's
4: interesting interesting you mentioned taps i remember i think that was the first show i remember watching and looking at it and like oh wow look at the experiences these people are having and who they're helping out right I think that opened a whole new world oh, to everyone out there. Yes. Because before that, people that had experiences, they're afraid to come forth. Yes, you know, be afraid to think that they're kooks or hallucinating or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, I, I appreciate what they did, and it, like I said, opened up a whole new door. There are other investigations in in progress all over the country.
0: Well, a lot of it, groups took their yeah. uh, methodology and mm-hmm. applied it to their own group. Mm-hmm like we did at first and we wanted to help people as well we wanted to find out what it was what a possible thing could be but we wanted to help them out as well and i
4: mean you want to believe yes but at the same time you have to go in there kind of um like okay let's be logical you know is there some you know um uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Explanation. Exsmation to, you know, what they're hearing or experiencing. Um, so let's disprove that first. If it's not any of the above, then maybe it is paranormal. Right. Right. You know? Anything
0: not normal is para. paranormal. Yeah.
4: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I find it fascinating. I really do. I do watch shows on TV. There are some better than others. Yes,
3: I will And
4: agree. Um, you have to kind of pick and choose. You want to believe, but it, I don't want to say I'm a skeptic, but I want to make sure I rule out any ordinary, regular, everyday occurrences. You know?
1: Right. Yeah, and I think for me the biggest thing that people need to remember is when you go out and do investigations. Some of the some of the shows you see seem like they get activity all and a lot of activity all the time. And as you know, you've been on an investigation right. with us. You know, you don't always get that. No. You may have six to eight hours of noise
3: mm-hmm.
1: and. Video that you're watching that has nothing going on. Mm-hmm. So you got to be careful when you do that.
0: When you said you were listening to the audio, you didn't hear nothing during the investigation, but you right got it on the audio. While you were listening to the audio, did you hear any clicking?
4: Oh goodness, um, it's hard. I, I, Almost I
0: like an old light switch.
4: There were a lot of background sound, okay. but as far as clicking, I can't, I can't remember clicking per se. But there were definitely voices that you can make out very clearly that hmm. wasn't any of ours. Interesting. We in, in, you know, during the investigation. So it, it was kind of like, wow. Hmm. I was right there in that room and I didn't hear it. Yeah. No one heard it until you play it back. You're like, "Wow, okay, that's very clear."
1: Yeah, and I think for me that's what really got me the first time is when we did our investigation out there at uh, the cemetery. You know, you didn't hear anything, so you're thinking nothing's really going on till you get back home and you put that headset on and you listen to that audio and you get that first answer to a question that you had. I mean, it for me, that's what hooked me.
0: Was that the one that Kyle found? Yeah, for, yeah Kyle yeah. found it. He's like, Dad. My,
1: my, my, my son was listening to the audio like the next day or the day yeah. after, and all of a sudden his face went completely white, and he took the headsets off and he's like, Dad, Dad, you got to listen to this. So I'm like, oh, I'm listening to it. Well, I had asked a question, and just shortly after I had asked the question, it answered my question. Mm-hmm. Now, as I've told many people, you know, I I hear people say, "Well, you know, maybe you're picking up uh, somebody's radio, somebody's cell phone, right. a baby monitor." Sometimes I could believe that could happen, but where we were, and at the time we were, and to answer a specific Pacific. question that I had asked.
4: It's not residual right. mm-hmm. info, right. or if, so something it was like that, intelligent. Yeah. It was yeah.
1: trying to let me know that it was there for me. That's That'll what, give you
4: goosebumps. Yes, it,
1: it does. It, yeah. Still to this day, yeah. it's like
0: that's one of the best EVPs that we've captured, and we always play it. Yeah. So, do you got any other stories, or because we know <laughs> that you guys got to go, we could always do this another time. Because.
3: I don't have any
4: their stories, but hopefully I will soon, someday.
1: Well good. Mm, good. We uh want to say thanks, appreciate your time.
0: Yeah.
4: You're welcome. And Thank you for having me. Definitely
0: welcome to the team. You're gonna Thank be you. a great addition.
4: Thank you very much.
0: Wow. That was that's still listening to her story still brought chills. I, yeah, looks, I still got the chills.
1: Yeah. It was uh it was definitely a fun time to sit and listen to her stories and Very interesting for me because I work with her, so it was very exciting to hear those stories.
0: Yeah, and because of that, it it gave us the idea to do this show with all the haunted locations. And I know you got one from her story because she talked about Suicide Cliffs, and we started doing some research on it and it brought up what you want to do. So before we get into that, let's go ahead and take a commercial break, and then when we come back, we'll get right into yours.
1: Okay, I'm excited. Let's go. Let's do it.
3: Listening to Military Paranormal Investigation for you. MPIR. Real Texans don't litter? The Texas Adopt-a-Highway Program is the premier litter prevention campaign of the Texas Department of Transportation. The program currently has more than 4,500 groups across the state, and Military Paranormal Investigations is proud to be one. And it's a good way to let the community know you care. Adopting a piece of Texas highway is simple, you agree to take charge of a two mile stretch of road for a minimum of two years, and once approved, you agree to clean your portion of the highway at least four times per year. Following Texas's lead, Adopt-A-Highway programs have popped up across the U.S. and spread to Canada, Great Britain, Japan, New Zealand, Australia, and Mexico. All told, more than 1.3 million volunteers participate in Adopt-A-Highway nationwide. For more information on the Texas Adopt-A-Highway program, visit their website at www.dontmesswithtexas.org. Why not join the many who volunteer? Do your part. Keep Texas, or your state, beautiful.
2: Begin shortly. If you have a cell phone, turn it off now. If you have a pager, get a cell phone.
0: And welcome back to Military Paranormal Investigations Radio. My name is Rob, and I'm Jeff. And before we went on the commercial break, we had just did an interview with Miss Dory, one of our newest members. And the commercial that we just had was about the Adopt-a-Highway program that Military Paranormal Investigations does. On April 9th here in Texas, it's the National Texas Adopt-a-Highway Cleanup, where all the
1: groups are supposed to get out and clean the highways up together. Yeah, and if you've never done it, it is a little bit of hard work, but... We've, uh, had this stretch of highway for well over two or three years oh, now. no, five years Has now. Has it been five it's years been already? Five years, yes sir. But yeah, we, uh, we go out and pick up. We've got a lot of good feedback from the people that live near the property thanking us for taking the time to come out and do that. So if you haven't done that, I uh, challenge you to go out and do that.
0: So as always, don't forget, you can find us on Military Paranormal Investigations Radio and you can find our pod bean on Military Paranormal backslash podbean, or just do a Google search and you can find us. You can also find us on our Facebook at Military Paranormal, all one word.
1: Let's go ahead and get started on uh, our final topic for tonight. As you heard a little bit in Miss Dory's interview, she talked about some of the history and the paranormal activity that goes on in Japan. And one of the things that got me to thinking about is the suicide forest of Japan. I didn't really know a whole lot about it. I was stationed in Okinawa, Japan. Now, Okinawa was an island all of its own, but I never really did spend much time in mainland Japan. But I found it interesting, why was this such a paranormal thing? suicide forest of Japan, or otherwise known the Sea of Trees, has had a lot of tragedy over many years. Yeah, from what I've read, there's been a
0: lot of suicides. Even though they had the suicides then... And I think Ms. Dory touched on it a little bit about the, the forest there, because mostly she was just talking about the suicide cliffs. Right. And then she mentioned about the forest, and I had no clue it was at the base of Mount Fuji.
1: Right. It, it's 14 square miles. But the interesting thing is, is just give you a little history on it, in 2003, there was 105 bodies that were found in the forest. They actually go out and search the forest for these bodies, or they something? they do. Actually, they have an annual event where they go and look for the bodies. There has been so many suicides in this area that they post signs out giving the number to the national like suicide prevention prevention line. Wow. That is correct. But you know, they lose a lot of people to suicides. They also lose a lot of experienced hikers. The woods in this area are so thick. They'll have experienced hikers who's hiked all over the world that will come into these woods, and they're so thick and so dark that they get disoriented and get lost, and they will be lost forever. Now, I did read something where, or it might have been a
0: myth or something, the legend, because they say stay on the path. If you get off the path, then you're you're done. Right. Now, why do you think that is? You mean why do I think it's paranormal or? Or why do you think? they have a legend or if it's a legend where they say if you get off the path you're done you're you're lost forever cuz you're talking
1: about all these experienced hikers and experienced hikers they shouldn't get lost you know i re- i really don't know i think it's a, some of it could be that you know they just get disoriented mm-hmm. i mean i don't know if you've ever been out in the woods and and got disoriented but I've done some hunting in my time, and, and I've gone out with my dad, and I know it started to get dark. We were wanted to stay out as long as we could and see when the animals would be coming in close to dark time. And once it started getting dark and you get into thick woods, you think you're going in the right direction. Okay, but, I see what you're saying now. You know, You start walking that way, and then all of a sudden, wait a minute, is this the right way? You turn around, and everything all looks the same.
0: Okay, I can see what you're what, on the point on that one, because I did do some hunting, and, but I've always had a good sense of direction on the land. Now,
1: I have gotten lost at sea. Yeah. <laughs> that but, one I've done. But, you know, the thing is, too, with, with doing the research, I found out that compasses in this area don't really work well. Really? They say they jump around and, and are jerky. Now, what they're saying is, is because you're at the base of a volcano, well, you have volcanic rock. Yeah, you got all that iron ore as well down there. So compasses
0: wouldn't be able to track on a true magnetic because you got literally a whole magnetic field there. So I could see why. That, that is wouldn't... correct.
1: Now, see, if a hiker used a compass, okay, then maybe, you know, that may be something that could be causing it. How tall are these trees? Do they have anything uh, about that because see. if you can't really see the sunlight,
0: if it's just shining through, you maybe you might lose the your bearing that way as well
1: yeah no it it, it said the trees are very thick okay I don't know exactly so just a dense forest right they're a very dense forest There's, and you know when you get des- dense forest, you don't get much light through yeah, the trees, so exactly I would say that it would probably be pretty dark a lot of the times. Kind of like the redwood forest, right? With us, and it, it's really sad, you know, when you start thinking about when you call this place a suicide forest. They say that this suicide forest is the second most place that people want to go to commit suicide. Really, the now, second most? Second most. The first number one is the Golden Gate Bridge Golden. in well, San I can, Francisco. I can see that one, because yeah, you got that big long
0: bridge, and everyone. So people actually fly to Japan to go commit suicide. Yeah, in this that's forest. what they
1: say. It's talking about from two thousand and three, they saw a number of one hundred and eight suicides. These are only the bodies that are found by monthly patrols and annual body hunts, in which police and volunteers scour the forest for victims. Do they say how many deaths per year on an average they have uh it doesn't really get into the numbers, but I guess the question that I have for you is in Japanese mythology, it's a little different than we see in in our movies you know in our in our horror movies, there's a reason why these spirits, spirits. or whatever you know are there they're mean they're angry right. whatever that's, it
0: might be That's the difference between the Japanese culture and our culture because. They believe that the spirits are, like Miss Dory said, are staying here for a reason, right? To either protect their loved ones or they're trying to find uh, a hold on this side. So we're a lot different in our aspects as far as our ghosts, to where they're, I believe, is more superstitious ghosts, like she said, to where we're more of a belief of, well, the regular Christian belief, right? You die, you pass on your spirit. stays or goes, heaven or hell, but they're more of a, their spirit always sticks around to protect the family, move on. And I guess one of my big ones that I see would probably be like uh, the story of Mulan, where they had all the statues of the elders that would protect the families as they go. So do they say if it's Japanese that are committing these suicides? See, and that's
1: that was one of the things I was just going to talk about is, You know, really, in in all of the stuff that I've read, and I'd like to do some further research on it, but it doesn't really say, you know, is it all predominantly Japanese? You know, it's like you said, are people flocking to these? Something I wanted to run by you and see what you thought. One of the little notes that I read, it talked about people believe that the souls of the people that have committed suicide could possibly be absorbed into... Their surroundings, the trees, the, you know, whatever it might be be is. Do you believe that's something that could maybe happen? Uh, well, if you're at the belief that everything is
0: energy when it passes and trees are living things too. So why couldn't that energy be absorbed into the trees if everything, if you have that whole big circle of life. Right. Everything right. is connected. Um, kind of like that movie Avatar. Right. Everything was connected to everyone, through the roots, through the spirits. I guess it would just have to be a, a belief. I mean, is it possible? It's, it all depends on what you believe. I mean, if the Japanese believe, because I know they believe in reincarnation. They believe in all these other superstitions. So could they possibly be going there to be
1: absorbed into the forest? That's That's a good thought. That's a good thought. That's something I, I didn't even think about. You know, the interesting thing about it on doing the research, as you know, looking at the documentation, this forest has spawned so many different things. It spawned books, movies. There's movies, actually. There was a movie that I didn't know that Matthew McConaughey had made a movie in 2015. It was called The Sea of Trees. Really? Matthew McConaughey? Matthew McConaughey in 2015. In fact, this year, 2016, there's a new movie coming out called The Forest. Maybe we'll have to do a, a watch of that and maybe yeah. do a review. Yeah, definitely. On yeah. one of our shows.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's another thing. I would like to do a paranormal movie review kind of watch a movie and then give our own takes on it on what we thought. Cause I know we keep joking about paranormal activity. Everyone's watched that movie. And yes, I did think it was a comedy because we went actually as a group out to Paranormal Activity. Right. We took our entire group. We had like at the time, nine or ten of us. And we took up the entire row and that movie theater was packed because at the time you had all the ghost hunting shows and everyone was doing it. Yeah. And everyone was screaming and everything. We were just laughing. It was a good time. So I like your idea of trying to get that to go and do some sort of review because I had no clue that the movie that you're talking about, I saw the previews and I was like, oh, another horror show. i got to go see
1: it. Yeah. But I had no clue it was actually this forest. Yeah. Didn't didn't you read uh, something about a, a music group had actually gone out to the forest oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah, did yeah. – uh,
0: um, Oh, what was they called? Uh, if I'm not mistaken, because they went out there and did like three recorded sessions. They just went in the forest and started recording, just listening to the sounds and everything. It was the Japanese Noise Collective is what it was, and it's called the Shroud of Vapor. They actually recorded three sessions in the forest, and two of them
1: appear on an album called Suicide Forest Sessions. I would like to hear some of that to actually see what ooh, what may have been... Run it through our filters. Yeah, see if anything was picked up. Okay, that's a challenge for me. I'm writing that one down,
0: so I can go ahead and do that. So,
1: so, so I mean, there's there's a lot more. It's, it's, and what's the name of this forest again? Erie... Air- yeah, I, I, I will probably butcher this name, A-O-K-I-G-A-H-A-R-A is the name. A- yeah, That's how you said it, like A-O-K-O-R-E. Right. um to, to me, though, it's just really sad that they're, you know, we talk about this suicide force, but it's sad that people actually go here go and, to, and, to end their life. Yeah. I mean...
0: And on that, suicide is not a joking matter. I mean, if, if you have any problems, seek some help out there. There's plenty of people out there. Exactly. Talk to somebody. But this forest is really interesting, not only because i Mount Fuji, everyone knows Mount Fuji. Right. The volcano. I guess you could search to see if there's any paranormal activity around Mount Fuji, because I remember stories. It's just they're not coming to the top of my head right now. But to have... That and this forest down at the base of it, I guess there could be possible paranormal activity if you have all these people creating, not creating, but committing suicide, so you have this tragic area. Right. And that's where most paranormal activity, in theory, comes from, is all the devastation and incidents and times in history
1: to where massive... I, I know where you're going with this because I was thinking the same thing. You think – I think about it like a battlefield. There you go. Yes. You know, you have a battlefield where you have lots of deaths and and tragic deaths on top mm-hmm. of that. To me, I see the ground absorbing some of that energy and holding on to it. So you, now you go to a forest area, a condensed, confined mm-hmm. area where there is been a lot of tragic deaths – I've got to believe that it holds some kind of energy in there. Well, I would say yes on the
0: energy. But it, all these movies that you were talking about seem to have a negative energy. Do you think it would be a negative energy because of the
1: suicides? I really don't know. That That's a really good question. I would think so just because – Theories and people say that when someone dies in a very tragic death like that, they really don't know how to move on. Correct. They're like in a limbo.
0: Right. So if that's one of the theories, then I guess the forest could be like a limbo. Right. Kind of like a holding place or... Because if it's a dense forest, then how, if they get lost in the
1: forest, how does the spirit expect to find its way out of the forest? Well, but here, (laughs) but here's another theory I'll throw at you. These hikers that are going in, how do you know they're not experiencing some kind of paranormal activity activity that causes them to get
0: disoriented?
1: Maybe. Maybe. You just don't know. Just just don't know. So uh, that's kind of the, the haunted forest in a, Nutshell, kind of in a nutshell. I asked if you have any other thoughts or questions. I'd like to hear your feedback on it. Or even if, because you've been stationed there, what if someone
0: else has been stationed around there, or someone's actually been exactly. to the forest? Exactly. If you actually been to this forest and you know a little bit about the history, give us a shout out. Uh, let us know. Contact us at a radio show at militaryparanormal dot com and let us know some of your experiences if you've been there right. or you know a
1: little bit of the history. Right. So, well. I think we've uh, about reached the end of our show. I think so. I mean, it's been a good show. I've
0: enjoyed this. We've had a lot of people joining our paranormal podcasts and picking up, and I think that is amazing. I think it it tells me that we're actually doing something right out there, and I think the way we're going with our show, I think it's going to take off bigger than what it has I mean the last one Mike
1: said we got over almost 200 hits on our last show alone so wow it's it's been a good night I've enjoyed the topics you know we talked about the Skinwalker Ranch which I hope we get to do a whole show on sometime yeah that would definitely be nice if we could do a whole show on the Skinwalker Ranch do a lot of
0: more research because when we were doing it my mind was just fluttering mine was too I was
1: like I remember talking about this right talking about that right um, and I sure love to hear the interview from his story. That was a great interview. It was. Um, and
0: Get, it, go ahead. Getting our members back up is another thing that I would like to do and have our other members. Um, I actually was talking to a, a former member, uh, Kevin, earlier tonight. And he was actually going to call in tonight to, to yeah. give us some stories because he's actually from the island of Hawaii. Oh, wow. So you got Japanese, Hawaii. Right. He's going to talk to some of his relatives that are still there to come up with some folklore and legends of hawaii okay. so okay
1: well as as we've said we'd like to thank you guys for taking the time to listen to us uh please give us that feedback give us feedback on what topics you might like to hear mm-hmm. um and we... always you
0: can reach us on our website militaryparanormal.com got to keep throwing that plug out there and
1: if you want to contact us it's at radio show at militaryparanormal.com you can find us on facebook you can also find us on YouTube. We have a channel out there, Military Paranormal. That's right. All one word as well. Yeah, And finally,
0: you can find us on iTunes. All you got to do is a search out there, and believe it or not, we're on iTunes. So
1: we thank you again, and we hope you have a good night. Have a good night. See you on the next show.